You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It is Tuesday, and folks, Governor McKee, the missing governor, by the way, missing in action, is not doing any uh, media interviews. He's not doing any press availabilities. He's basically been in hiding for quite some time. The AWOL governor, except when he was summoned down to Washington, and more and more, as news dribbles out, we see why Governor McKee, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, why he is, in fact, in hiding. And one of the things, as we know, the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium, that is collapsing. There's no money for it. There's no appetite for it. It is completely, uh, there's no demand. As I've said, that was a, a campaign gift to organize labor to get them to give him the endorsement and then also to, to work for him. And the other project that's falling apart is this Superman building project, better known as 111 Westminster. This is this old building in downtown Providence, costs rising, the quote Superman building, only because it was not the actual building, but it resembles the building from the television show. And now, of course, they want, they need more money from the taxpayers. This is wrong. The answer is no. We don't want this. We don't need it. It's been almost a year. They, 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 boy, Governor McKee, he loves the big press conferences, right? Breaking ground on the Pawtucket Tidewater Landing Stadium and the soccer stadium, most expensive minor league soccer stadium in the country. And then now you have this 111 Westminster, the state's tallest building, price tag $220 million. High Rock, oh, you know, the price, the labor cost, the, everything keeps going up. So we're going to need more money. Of course, none of them want to talk about it. Governor McKee doesn't want to talk about it. Commerce Secretary Liz Tanner doesn't want to talk about it. Housing Secretary Stefan Pryor doesn't want to talk about it. Prominence Mayor Brett Smiley, seemingly, doesn't want to talk about it. The developer's been meeting with some of those people. The deal's already poised to receive upward of $65 million federal, state, city funding. We know that Governor McKee doesn't care if it's federal money. He doesn't respect your money, let alone if it's federal money. $29 million tax break for the first 30 years. You know, and I get Joe Palino, who I've known a long time and like and respect, and him saying, oh, I think it needs to happen yet because it'll just bring more value, hopefully, he thinks, to his buildings. But no, this is crazy. Jason, now they're talking about the money they were going to give this developer, Jason Fain, give that money to the, no, no, taxpayers are not getting involved in this. It makes no sense. Even Senator Sam Bell, who I don't agree with on issues, said the absurd level of public subsidy. It's ridiculous. We're wasting public money. No, wrong. Superman Building Project returned to the spotlight after the state hit the pause button on 27 million of bonds to help build the 10,000-seat minor league soccer stadium along the Seekonk River in Pawtucket. It, it's, it's, that's a bad deal. Listen, these people are more than welcome to build these stadiums and refurbish these buildings on their own dime. But, of course, the Superman Building doesn't uh, more taxpayer money See, then it becomes too big to fail. And that's exactly the situation that the state can't afford to get into. That it's a bad deal, but then they say, oh, well, you know, you have to support it. Because then otherwise, 
you know, we've already started it and it's 50 way through. And then they, they're, it's the hostage situation. They're holding you hostage on it. So no, there should be no more public money for this. And if they don't have the money, then they don't have the money. There's a lot of other things. He, he could have sold that building, the Superman building. He bought it for $33 million in 2008. He made a bad real estate purchase. Explain to me how that's our problem. That's not our problem. That's his problem. But then it becomes a thing, you know, you owe the bank $1 million and you have a problem. You owe the bank $10 million and you don't have it. Well, now the bank has a problem. What they want to do is turn this into let's get it underway. And then once we start going through the motions on it, it'll be, quote, too big to fail. So that we're going to have to pump even more into it. You know, and, and I disagree with uh, Joe Paolino, who's saying no matter what the cost, this bill, the, I, I, I fundamentally disagree with that. Again, if the, the developer wants to do that, if the developer has that mindset, if the developer feels no matter what the cost, I'm going to get this thing up, that's one thing. But why you and me, why we should have to pay because that guy made a bad real estate decision. A lot of people passed on that building. In 2008, he paid $33 million for it. What was it worth the next year? What's it worth now? What was it worth five years after that? It didn't increase in value. It's gone down in value. He made a bad real estate. He made a bad business decision. This, Not us, not me, not you. He did. So why are we bailing him out on it? absolutely moronic nope and governor mckee well i guess we're going to need more taxpayer money no there's no taxpayer money taxpayers should not give any money to this and i know joe palino says well we need to and i get that because joe wants more activity downtown where he has real estate and if this building but here's sam bell you just need an absurd level of public subsidy the project fundamentally doesn't make sense Senator Sam Bell has criticized the project in the past. Right. He argues that converting the historic structure from office space into a mainly residential building is not cost effective. And it is wasting public money. Yep. And you know what? I hope this project fails. I hope it fails because maybe then we can do a real project and reopen the building. <laughs> the developer has Listen, been... the building is very old and... I am against that. I'm against that. Yeah, it would look bad if it came down. But what's uh, compared to what? It's been empty this long. For some reason, the sun still keeps coming up and going up and down. People seem to have other priorities. Gee, maybe Pawtucket needs something other than a $150 million soccer stadium. It's a joke. They need better schools. They need better education. There's, they need There needs to be more housing. People are not selling their homes. People are living longer. Young people can't afford to buy anything. Rents are astronomical. There's definitely a housing shortage. But taking public money, nope, not, no, absolutely not. I am against it. I'm against it 100%. Governor McKee is the one that made these promises governor mckee is the one they want to keep going to the well we need more federal money we need more federal money and the covid money is coming to an end so he hasn't had to govern yet 
this is someone, folks, I want to point out to you that the McKee administration, we're not even into April yet. It's still March. It's still March. And this project, all of his campaign promises are wildly expensive. And it's all public projects. There's no private developers. McKee, the General Assembly, they've scared them away. They've scared them away by putting a sign on the Rhode Island door that says Rhode Island is not open for business. And they can pretend that's not what's going on, but that's exactly what's going on. So then they have to get in with these big public projects of where the laborers and these other unions say, we want to make the same amount of money as someone that's building a building, whether it's in Boston or New York City. And it doesn't work that way because the developers say, well, no, I'm going to pay you less because if I build a building in New York, now locally they say the nails cost the same, the cement costs the same. That's, that's ludicrous. That's a, flawed, that's a flawed strategy. It's also a flawed talking point. No, no, they say, yeah, but I can rent for more in a Boston. I can rent for more in a New York. How many people listing right now, You either you or you know someone or family member, they commute into Boston each day. Why? Because it's jobs that pay more money jobs that pay more money there's some people commute in new york it's jobs that pay more money you could get a local job that pays a certain amount but you want to make more money than people commute into boston so what they're trying to say is oh no no the people building the building should get the same rate make the same amount of money as someone that builds a building in boston new york and i i think the I think the results speak for themselves by the lack of developers that are setting up shop and want to build here. The developers say, no, I'm not paying that rate. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401 739 1322 free consultation 401 739 1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 you're listening to the john DePietro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website topetro.com joining us right now one of my siblings independent columnist opinion maker it is donna perry and dj let's start off uh obviously another school shooting has shocked and hit the nation i'm not sure you and i are going to uh say anything we're still it's still early we're still getting a lot of the details but one thing that yeah. that does seem clear that it just seems I don't know what part of this people can't understand, which is when, when you have a school and regardless of where it is, it's it's a soft target. And you, you, you can't have the latest reports is that 
the shooter entered, first of all, it was a female, but that's unusual. But I believe it was also some kind of like a trans, it was a boy who was transitioning to a girl. But the part is entering through a church and then door left open and getting into the schools. I, I just don't understand how if, if you work at a school in 2023 in the United States, you, you can't have unlocked doors leading into the school you had the situation in texas i'm not saying you know all of these things are going to prevent a school shooting but you just can't make it as easy as that that someone just it's it's like someone who doesn't lock their car and then the car gets stolen i agree um and good to be with you but uh very tragically you know here we go john and i i do agree with you that um, the idea that after there's so much, uh, obviously we just have a rash of these, um, it keeps getting back to that idea of, of the security of the physical schools, um, and whether, you know, these things hit the news and then it's heightened and then everyone, you know, goes into kind of a lockdown mode, but John, it has to be, sadly, it's, it has to be every day, every season, um, when school is open. So how they got in through an unlocked door. Um, and then the issue of, although I would say in schools, in some fashion, unless you make a wholesale change, there's going to be sometimes an unlocked door, but it, then are there cameras? Is there more technology that can be employed? Um, you know, where, where there is no person who can enter who is not seen. Um, so as you say, this is still unfolding. Um, when you see three nine-year-olds, I mean, oh. my heart breaks. I know. It's just – and the three adults who are were employees of the school. I mean, um, but it does just feel not just heartbreaking, but you're right, John. Like, we've reached a point where what part of this do people who run schools not oh, understand? Like it can, you know, and, like, you know, it, it just – it can happen everywhere yes. and anywhere sadly yeah so you you can't say oh we have a pretty little town school or something and um so that part of it is just just you know it breaks your heart to see innocent children walk on a hallway and then whoever is the shooter um whatever is their background i think that it, it should be irrelevant and the media has to give 100 percent coverage to what is the situation motivation a lot of these things you know people have different opinions with school but if they take a weapon like that and do that and i i do hope there is full coverage because no one should be protected the, the fact that they've committed this kind of a, a heinous it, act it's just kind of the thing donna perry like in yovaldi texas they were saying you know the door was propped open but only just for a minute that that's all it took it, it is like, yeah. to me, it, it is, I think what, for me, what just makes it so frustrating is it's preventable. I'm sorry. There is a difference of someone outside the school with a weapon and someone inside the school with a weapon. Right. How, and, how you have to explain to schools, every principal tonight, every, you, you cannot have an open door. I, I don't know how else to, I mean, I just can't even imagine that if that's the being, reason. That's not policed, guarded, that yes. someone is not. And John, Locked. let's face it. As far as I can see, every shooting going all the way back to Sandy Hook is they get in the shoot, and but also the shooter. 
has a connection yes, to the school. Good point. So I just think in that way too, the person is somehow known to the school. Yes. Um, there really hasn't been, I don't think, like an outside random person, nothing to do with that community. You're right. I mean, this is number one and two and three. It, the person seems the shooter is connected somehow to the school. Yep. There is a, um, you know, a vengeance here and, and they're settling a score in some twisted way. So that's all the more reason. As we say, John, the schools are very vulnerable, whether it's a um, an alienated older student um, and a person who felt bullied there, you know, whatever. I mean, there's, we can go down the list, but they're known to the school. They have a relationship to the school. And I would just finish on this point, John, all the more reason they're familiar with the doors and the entrances of a school yes. if they had a connection. So all the more reason to your point that you, you just can't flippantly say, Oh, um, no shooting has happened this year. Oh, so, you know, not, yeah, it's very, it's just very, so disturbing again, folks, again, we're speaking with Donna Perry. Now DJ last week was the week that was not, I mean, president Trump really stole the week for better or worse, but, uh, the Sunday shows yesterday were dominated by it. He started off on that Saturday saying yep. he expected to be arrested, indicted. It never happened. I'm just wondering now that the, the dust has settled uh, in the end. Do you think, was, was it a win for the president to dominate that type of week, or was it a downslide? See, I don't, I don't think it was a win, and I have felt uh, watching this unfold with him all week that he's playing all of it wrong um, because I think, number one, he is, did not allow himself to take advantage of the fact that the Manhattan DA, you know, things did seem to go a little bit on hold, um, you know, and there's been some semantics, John, going on of what, you know, what they're going to do. And instead of like taking advantage of that, he, I, in his mind, I think he thought he's going to get out in front of the story, but they're going to arrest me. And I think he was just trying to, you know, gin up um, what is, what it remains of, of corners of the base. But I don't think, he dominated the news, but I don't think it was for anything that makes him look like, um, you know, a Trump that's going to go has turned things around and he's going to, you know, barnstorm the country the right way. And I, I don't think having, you know, this subheadline of death and destruction huh. um, is, is in any way <laughs> helping him gain gain uh, voters. Yeah. Uh, Donna Perry, one thing it did do, though, it totally froze out. I mean, none of the others, although DeSantis, I think he can go back and forth on whether or not he had a, a good week or a bad week. But yeah. I want to just get your thought. What about we're learning that President Trump has put out a statement that uh, they, they, his campaign has cited anyone that works for Florida Governor DeSantis, including on a potential presidential bid, will be ineligible to join the join the Trump campaign or another Trump White House. That is um, certainly throwing down the gauntlet, throwing it down early. Uh, yep. I, I, you know, how many times there are as these campaigns get going, they pick up once other campaigns fold, they right. pick up valuable uh, people that are inside working on the campaign. And then it all kind of kind of comes together like that. What, what is your what is your take on the fact that they're not only doing it, but announcing it this early? Well, right, and I think it's it's a little bit more of the 2016 playbook that he seems that that's what he does, John. I, I would call this as a scorched earth 
um, you know, route that he's deciding he's going to take. If no one who, you know, if you, if you went near DeSantis, you're kryptonite to him. And as you say, that is very short-sighted. He's not running in the um, context of 2016. Uh, people, you do need seasoned campaign people, as you say. So the idea that people who maybe were at that level um, and then somehow if DeSantis ends up folding to say, oh, you can't come over and work for us. Um, you know what? I, I just think that's not actually smart to his own advantage. Never mind. Um, you know, I don't know who's like, it, well, he thinks of all his own ideas, I guess. Sometimes I think his son or whoever's whispering to him that, you know, we're going to take this hard line. Number one, I don't, I don't think, John, they have... Um, the operation that they would like to have, um, it's, they just, they're not building momentum in the direction again of what that happened now that would be almost seven years ago. So I think to say, uh, anyone near DeSantis, you're toxic to us. Don't come near us. Just, just from a baseline political operation standpoint, it's a mistake. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, because John, as we say, though, you know, he he is running in the theory of just him, his reputation, his massive reputation. He, he's fundraising online and he thinks he can just roll the thing forward. Um, and you know, so again, he's always the scorched earth, like he'll just crush DeSantis, you know, and then anyone near him, near DeSantis, don't come near us. Um, I think that is a way they're trying to freeze out people, but I'm not sure that strategy works in the dynamic that, you know, is now and not seven years ago. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, call them 401-885-4209. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, and Stana Perry. DJ, what's your thought on this Wall Street Journal? The, they've come out, a news exclusive poll. America is pulling back from the values that once defined it. They talk about it, and I think this is interesting. The things that patriotism, religion, hard work, uh, you know, a lot of the elements that kind of defined the greatest generation. Yep. Apparently now... Uh, a lot of Americans are, are pulling away from that Patriot, uh, patriotism, religious faith, having children that define the nation. And instead, you have this real divided country over racial diversity, gender neutral pronouns. 
But what do you what do you make of that? Basically, thirty eight percent of poll res- respondents said patriotism was very important to them. Now that's down very sharply from years past. What do you attribute a lot of this to? Yeah, and you know, John, it, when you see that, and you and I are siblings, I mean, it it just it struck me um, in a very deep way, and I think with that defined, I I think of a St. Paul's parish in yeah. Edgewood, Cranston. I mean, that you know, people don't realize how the family unit. Um, we were blessed to be in a time when I would argue, John, when we were young, I was saying this to someone recently, like no one I ever knew, like was even in a divorced family. And I, I'm not trying to be Pollyanna, but like there really was, um, the country, this is a massive shift. And I think that it is not, um, in our country's favor for just a lot of reasons, the institution of marriage and the stabilizing force just to bring up the next generation and for children, the evidence has always been there. It is there, John, that 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 stability and what that means, um, the framework of marriage and then children and you have your household and you're involved in your community. And that often meant your your church or parish or whatever, you know, um, denomination. Um, I, I These are things that kind of are the glues that has held America together, by the way. Um, and, and it, because they're, they're things that people can live in other States, but people relate to that and they have these common threads. So, you know, whether I would argue, some people would say that the dominance of the internet, which was not when we were children has played a role because people could feel connected in by, but by being isolated and they're in their own domain and they're on a phone or the computer, you know, and they're connected that way. Um, a whole lot of things I think have contributed to this. And there's also been a drumbeat that just told recent generations that anything that really was not, not really conservative, just anything, John, that was traditional Yes. From, you know, from <clears throat> our parents' generation is like, we'll throw it out the window. Yeah. I um, think, DJ, yeah. I, I think also, you know, it's a steady drumbeat. There's, you don't, it doesn't matter what, you know, if I just stay with the cable news, it doesn't matter what network, there's nothing positive about really the country right now. Because from George Floyd of, you know, we're a yep. country of racists and white supremacy to, you know, President Trump railing about the FBI, railing against the CIA. They're invading at the border. I, I think the image of the country in people's minds has taken a hit. And you have people, and they don't know what country is better, but all they know is on both sides, whether it be, you know, the people that in this country, Michelle Obama, that famous, for the first time in my life, oh, I'm proud yeah. of my country, and, and just all the negative elements of the protests and ripping down the monuments to even then... You know, the other side of January 6th and an attack on the government, I, I just think there's there's a toll that it has taken. And you don't see any element out there of then they're, you know, they're kneeling at the national anthem at a football game. There's I think the country image wise in internal has has taken a hit with everything going on. Yeah, and and you can't deny uh, as a, other generations come up, John, um, and and technology and the acquiring of technology. I might add um, the cost of living in this country. Um, if you go back and now fast forward 40, 50 years, it's been an astronomical increase. And so what that created was the two parent earning household 
Um, and then that created a whole lot of other things. So, you know, there's been this slow movement away from what maybe was the traditional vision of one earner and one, you know, a mother is there a lot more than not there. Um, all these things have contributed and you have generations, John, coming up that they can't relate to saying, you know, was their mother in the household, you know, a lot or not running off to a job. Um, and I've talked about this in, in other situations. And I would argue that despite there's a kind of a message from feminism to, to say women were just so happy to, you know, have a six month old squirming around and drop them a daycare and run into a job and come home exhausted. And, and, you know, to be honest, that's not necessarily made a lot of women feel happy and fulfilled in their life either, right. but that's, a, you know, that's a different conversation, but that is the drumbeat that the media has sold uh, out there for quite a while. But I, to your point, I think you have now 20 somethings, 30 somethings, John, that they absolutely, um, they just seem disconnected, um, they're sort of wandering around, yeah. you know, and, and they're, they're wandering in their younger life. Um, they're questioning marriage and, and a lot of them it's, I think because of just the, you know, again, technology and apps, it's almost like they, they don't even know how to meet each other. So that's mm. like a whole separate weird problem. Um, so all of these things, um, Contribute it doesn't, yeah, yeah, it does. It, it doesn't that shock me that you're seeing these polls, but yeah. I don't think it's good. Donna Perry, I want to touch on two other stories. Sure. One is, what is your thought on four in ten, uh, the latest poll? Four in ten Dems want Biden to step aside in 2024. I am still not. I know everyone else. I am still not sold. He has not announced for re-election. I still, I believe it's still fluid. I think he may get a challenge from a progressive. It's still early. It's yeah. still March. But, you know, the problems with Russia, the problems with the banks, the problems with China, um, I, 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 what do you, but what do you read into if that is accurate that, I mean, four out of 10, 10 Dems want him to not run for reelection. That also tells me it's not going to be a motivated voter base. Right. And I would say that also prospect for Biden having to almost fight a bit to be, to fight for that nomination, John, I, that would not be a pretty thing no. to see, especially the way you and I have noted many times how he can be very odd and feisty when he's feeling on the, you know, defensive. Um, and I, I, I would argue as, as you're saying, you know, it, it, the establishment is putting forth the idea that it's a settled I did. It's a settled game yep. that he's the nominee and there's no Democrat going forward. That's the establishment part of the party. Well, that's not their whole party. And the younger demographic, not only are they restless, they lived through. We remember that, you know, that um, let's be honest, Bernie was on fire he for was. a fair amount yeah. of time. Give that to him for yeah. to his credit. I remember thinking, wow, this guy, is this guy going to be, remember people were like, is it going to be Bernie and Trump? Right. Like, so, and the Clinton people were worried at very critical points during that time. So when you see a poll that's saying 50, more than half of Democrats, John, just under 50 years old. So that's not 22 year olds. Right. So that can be married in the suburbs, um, establishment, Democratic people saying, he's too old or he's too whatever and and they don't want him to be the candidate this is the suburban voters the democrats need 
Um, I'm not sure it's settled at all either. Yeah. Um, and, and for those reasons, I think they, that, again, the activists in the party may be even more turbulent, John, because they have that argument of, oh, well, we folded in 2016. That's right. Yeah. We're not folding this time. Donna Perry, finally, we're seeing headlines, CNN finalizing deal to add Gail King as its lowest ratings in decades. Now, she does mornings on CBS Morning. She got yeah. kind of known as the friend of, of Oprah. Um, she does, you know, it's tough with those types of morning shows because, because there's so many different moving pieces to it. It certainly isn't beating Good Morning America, the Today Show. I think it's hard to determine how much someone is really a factor. She, she got some good interviews, but, but if you're CNN and you're trying to make a mark, what do you, what do you think of the fact that Gail King is the direction that they're looking? Well, like you say, I mean, they, they, this is very typical of that network, John. They, they're almost looking for, they think she's a name, she's a star. Um, when you look at like a Poppy Harlow, you know, they might be saying not a name. Um, people don't tune in for that. I think that's kind of, you know, the mindset when they, when this something like this is being discussed in this way. Um, whether she, though, is, I don't think it's like she's the uh, answer, though. <laughs> I mean, some of it, um, you know, and think is actually a very polarizing figure yeah um in that morning show i would argue that it's just not a great combination um he's polarizing he's arrogant he's already had this very odd you know the comment that seemed insulting to women and we went you know that was several or a month ago so you know i think they just they're looking for someone they think again is prominent she's um, you know, uh, a popular black female who is used to the morning audience is used to. So there's all that in the mix. Um, but CNN, John, like, look, they, they have, as we noted within what the past 20 months, that's different management. Um, it's AT&T. They, they want to return. I don't know how long they're going to sit by and yeah. have these shows flounder. And flounder is a good having, word. Yeah. You know, they don't have hits. And at night, Fox News just is soaring oh. above these guys. It's not even a contest. And and again, you don't have like this management and the ownership. John, they, they're not waiting another 20 months. They want returns. Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that they're fishing around on names. But it is uh, I don't know that that's going to just save it. I Some of it is just CNN's brand, I think, doesn't sit well with a lot of people, too. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Great to be with you. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401 434 1510. Offices located 400 Massoyed Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 
1510 Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Well, obviously, the talk of the nation is, in fact, uh, the shooting that took place. And it was actually happening while we were live yesterday and the shooting in Nashville. What's also interesting is not only are they learning more about exactly um, with what happened with that shooting in, in Nashville. And if you haven't seen the video, it's chilling of the shooter shooting out the doors. Initially yesterday, when I was on the air, they were saying there was an unlocked door. I, I don't know exactly what they were referring to, unless somehow they're going to clarify that. But what you see is the shooter shoots through the doors. That's how powerful the weapons are, and that's how the type but the type of weapon that that individual had. But something that can't be ignored with this is, in fact, that the shooter looked at another school and opted against it because of the security measures there. So what does that tell you? It tells you it can make a difference as far as a deterrent. And, and this particular shooter had seemingly a full manifesto of, and it, it's, it's disturbing, but police need to know this. And we need to, you know, they need more information on this in, in order to try to then work to prevent something like happening again. But they essentially say, and, and again, if you haven't seen the 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 video it is it is very chilling with a, a looks like a red baseball cap uh camouflage pants the shooter's wearing tactical gear so but to, to to go into that school and kill three children and kill three adults with no with zero um we are learning now and there's more information coming out. So the, the shooter messaged friends before the massacre. I'm planning to die. Said a series of dark messages to a friend in the minutes leading up to the attack. Audrey Hale, responsible for the bloodshed. They went in. They acted as quickly as they could. Minutes earlier, a former middle school basketball teammate said she received an Instagram message. I'm planning to die today. This is not a joke, she wrote. Hale followed up by telling the friend, you'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life. Timestamp 957 appears to be 16 minutes before the first 911 call was sent out. You know, it's difficult when you have someone who is willing to die for their, their demented evil cause. Very, very, that is, this is someone who's on a suicide mission and wants to go out in this type of fashion. Police initially described Hale as a teenager, then a 28-year-old woman, then later adding Hale was transgender. A source close to Hale family said Hale had relatively recently started identifying as he, him. Now, the friend re replied to the alarming message, saying you have so much more life to live 
And then Hale replied, no, but I don't want to live. Hale went on to tell Patton she's being a most beautiful person I've ever known, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this type of stuff is just nonsense. But what they have learned with this manifest and what they've also learned is that there was another school. There was another school in question. And without quite, you know, the authorities need to examine what was the determining factor that the shooter and go through that because that is the type of thing folks because yesterday listen it was disturbing when you initially heard that someone had in fact left uh, a door unlocked and and then that's how um you know they were able to enter the school but the the manifest a lot of times i heard yesterday uh when there was some of the the uh, stories and the coverage of it um they started saying that 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 sometimes you know they wouldn't we may never know what the motive is but cover the new york post transgender killer targets christian school and that photo of that young child in the window crying is just terrible so the 28-year-old shot and killed the six people. We know that. We know that it was, in fact, a follow student, a fellow, a former student, excuse me. Following the shooting, Hale was killed, encountered officers on the second floor. 14 minutes after, boy, those police did not hesitate to go in. Hale was equipped two assault weapons and a handgun. In searching, they found the detailed maps and a manifesto. We have a manifesto, some writings we're going to go over. By the way, Nashville police, it's incredible how much they're releasing. Nashville police, I mean, something of this, they already released a security tape. Now, granted, she is dead, so they don't have to worry about a trial. So she had drawn up plans to attack another school, but backed out of them because the school was too secure. That is the line that needs to be investigated, Was was backed out. It's unclear whether Hale identified as a man or a woman at the time of the slaying. Hale had indicated use of he, him pronouns and also by the, went by the name of Hayden. Aiden, excuse me. But it, um, they have even, there it is, uh, the final chilling post. And then there's the friend who got the text. Probably actually liked that person. Ah. Uh, this is not a joke no it's not a joke and something absolutely needs to be done and i don't it um one of the things that needs to that footage when you see it of the nashville school shooter literally blasting through the door camo pants on tactical gear cap acting and holding the rifle in a manner of someone i mean boy that's odd nashville shooter drew disturbing the shining and murder illustrations now that's the first time seeing this ran an art website disturbing images dedicated to the shining and it's backward spelling of murder which was red rum the 28 year old freelance illustrator graphic designer 
a self-portrait of Autry the artist claimed was on a mission to change the world. You know, that, that's a very disturbing film from 1980, Stanley Kubrick. And she created an image of Jack Nicholson. That is disturbing. She drew that? Hale's artwork, Red Rum, Here's Johnny. Boy, listen, it was a film. The illustration includes numerous quotes, Red Rum, Murder, All Work and No Play. The same threatening word from a key scene is repeated in red with each letter of the main word. The homage to the movie based on one of Stephen King's scariest horror books also mentions going insane. Now, this is someone that wanted to end their own life and decided to go to the school and do it in this fashion. And it's very, very disturbing and terrible. But notice she passed on another school that had a different level of security. That can't be ignored. Absolutely can't be ignored. So, folks, that is some of the fallout. Let's see. Um, it is, um, I'm also seeing the, the Washington Post. I know some people won't like this, but the Washington Post they have a story that just talks about the power of that type of weapon that she was using. And let me just see this. The mayor of Nashville said, we've been rolling back gun laws, making guns, makes guns first of mind when people think about doing terrible things. We've got to make that more difficult. I get, I, I don't know what type of warning signs we're going to learn out. We're going to learn more. We're going to learn more. But, oh, wow, police have even, I'm just seeing this right now, released the body cam footage of the officers fatally shooting that uh, Audrey Aiden Hale inside the school. All right, I'm going to uh, talk about this and much more right here on the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Unbelievable footage from Nashville. Boy, those police are fantastic. I also want to commend the Nashville Police Department 
for the remarkable job they did in going in there and killing that shooter who had no no uh, plan to emerge from that alive. Now, closer to home, Providence police had a situation on Sunday afternoon. Now, I have video because I encountered them on Friday night. But who is it? It's the ATV riders. And a bunch of them, Channel 12 has the story, I give them credit, surrounded surrounded two officers one of the providence police officers had to draw his weapon in order to get out of this let's listen to listen to the, the uh, channel 12 piece on this. bike riders over the weekend i'm shannon heggie i'm mike Montecalvo. two officers faced off with nearly 30 riders and it got tense with one officer even drawing his gun 12 news reporter amanda pitts spoke to the mayor of providence about what happened and how they're going to address what's been an ongoing issue in the capital city she joins us now live with the details amanda well, Mike Shannon, the mayor says he supports the action of that officer who pulled a gun while arresting Whoa. that dirt bike rider yesterday in Providence. It happened after a group of dozens of ATV and dirt bike riders allegedly threatened police officers. On Sunday afternoon in Providence, in this industrial park, two police officers say they faced off with a large group of ATV and dirt bike riders. Two patrolmen were on the south side of Providence and noticed uh, uh, several ATV riders in and out of traffic, driving recklessly. The officers followed the riders here to a large parking lot at 100 DuPont Drive off of Niantic Avenue and found a group of roughly 25 to 30 of them. And when they approached, the group largely dispersed. Uh, there was uh, one rider who was struggling to get their unregistered ATV or dirt bike started. Police say that rider, 28-year-old Alexander Encarnacion, decided to run. Officers chased him. Uh, it turned out that the bike that he was trying to start was uh, stolen, and he was charged with both resisting arrest and uh, possession of a stolen motor vehicle. But during the arrest, the officers reported that Encarnacion resisted, and the other riders came back. Uh, with their vehicles threatening the safety of our officers, riding aggressively uh, towards the officers, one officer pulled a gun, but Mayor Brett Smiley says the patrolman followed protocol and kept his weapon low, and no shots were fired. This incident comes less than a week after two people were killed in a dirt bike crash nearby in Cranston. The mayor says illegal riding is a big problem in the city, and addressing it is a top priority. Oh, we're going to be prepared for spring and summer with a new strategy, uh, but this is a difficult issue. Uh, we are always going to be trying to balance both neighborhood safety and the safety of the riders. We don't want them to get harmed either. Now you heard the mayor there mention a new strategy. He didn't go into details about what that strategy is, but said he will be announcing it soon along with the police chief here in Providence. He said it will be announced before these warmer months when this type of activity starts to pick up. The Black fact of the Providence. matter is there are people that talk about this and say they got to give these kids. They're not kids. They're not kids. They're grown adults. They don't want to go ride somewhere. They like riding. They ride in a pack. They're a menace. They circle vehicles. If you, they cut people off, and they, look at that. They're willing to mix it up. Now, I heard it was very tense. They were riding their bikes towards the Providence police officers, so much that one of them had to pull his gun to get them, draw his weapon, to get them to back off. Now, look at that. In one week, one week, we're not even into April, May, June yet, one week, Two dead Wednesday night, and then they were all out in force on Friday night as we were filming them. 
And now you have this incident on Sunday. So this is not going to go away. Uh, they need to adopt, I believe, Cranston, by and large, has a zero tolerance policy on ATVs. And I believe Providence needs to address it. It turns people off. People don't want to deal with it. People don't want to go into the city. They are. If, and, and remember, and I try to remember, if they're willing to do that to police and they carry weapons, they are a dangerous crew. And just so, and I recognize so many people that comment on this have no idea what they're talking about. These are not 16, 17-year-old kids. They're, they're grown men. They're 25, 28, sometimes in their early 30s. These are not kids. And look at that. was a bike that was stolen from Woonsocket. They carry weapons. They carry pipes. They carry bats. Uh, the one that was being arrested had a weapon on him. They are a dangerous crew. And they, look at that, 25 to 30. And if you're the person in traffic that they feel is cutting them off or honking at them, whatever, they will not hesitate to go after that individual. So it is a menace. Mayor Smiley, this is going to be a big test of how they're going to combat it. I believe the only way is a zero tolerance. You can't allow it. You can't allow it. And they're, they're very brazen. But there's, there's going to be, it's just a matter of when there's going to be another incident. Folks, it's Tuesday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, DePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, dipetro.com. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection 
vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.